A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Welcome to the Ted Lasso Podcast, where the lorehounds, your guides to where to get engaged in Paris. I'm John. And I'm David, and this is our coverage for Season 3 of Apple TV Plus's original series, Ted Lasso. In this podcast, we'll be sharing our favorite laugh-out-loud moments before running down our three favorite plot points from Episode 8, We'll Never Have Paris. Be sure to stick around to the end of the podcast for programming notes about our podcasting schedule for the rest of May. Quick housekeeping for early access to ad-free episodes and exclusive content, visit patreon.com slash thelorehounds. We're working on a subscription drive for our one-year anniversary, and we've got more details about new benefits and other activities in the programming notes at the end of the podcast. Also, if you're enjoying our content and want to give us a leg up, leave us a review or a rating and or a rating at Apple Podcasts. The ratings help our standings in the Premier League football. No, 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 no. That's the wrong thing. It helps us, uh, you know, in our standings in the podcast rankings. And it also gives John and I warm fuzzies. A quick reminder that for this season of Ted Lasso, we're doing a short form recap. But to make these episodes a bit more fun, we're asking you to help us break down the episodes. Send in your favorite laugh out loud moments, as well as any comments on the plots we have not covered. These episodes are usually available Tuesday nights at 9 p.m., and we tend to record on Wednesdays or Thursdays, so you've got plenty of time to get your feedback to us before we record. Send emails to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com or head to our website and either use the voicemail feature or the contact form. You can also post a message in our Discord server, and we can include those as well. Check out the link in the show notes if you want to join the conversation there. All right, John, what uh, did you think of this episode? Uh, Episode eight, we'll never have Paris. You are all lunatics if you believe in Nate's redemption. (laughs) Oh. You are all lunatics. You're going there. He's He cannot defeat himself, guys. He cannot overcome his own insecurity. I don't believe in Nate. I absolutely do not believe in Nate. Okay. That's where I'm at with Nate. You know what? He almost did the right thing with Rupert. And then he's like, no, I'm just going to weasel back into my corner and and fall in with the guy who wouldn't even come to my diamond dogs. Rupert's Rupert's intimidating. He's a dangerous man. Okay. Well, maybe you shouldn't have attached yourself to a dangerous man. uh, (laughs) You know what? I have no sympathy for Nate at this point. Nope. None at all. Wow. I thought it was a good episode. Not great. 
You okay. know, I thought it was uh, not not a lot of laughing. I think we've talked mm-hmm. about it's hard to pick out a laugh out loud moment because there weren't really a lot of big ones. Right. Uh, but it was a very emotional episode and mm-hmm. uh, it, it it hit me in the feels a lot, which is good. That's mm-hmm. another good aspect of Ted Lasso. And it left me very anxious to see next week for both Keeley's plotline and Colin's plotline. Right. I, I'm going to agree with you on the emotional versus belly laugh uh, uh, mm-hmm. quotient in this. This was a much more emotional and somber yeah. episode. Um, I also kind of, I, you know, some people are complaining a little bit about the show and what's happening with certain characters and arcs and how how they sort of gloss over things very quickly. And I get the feeling that this season they're going for vibes rather mm-hmm. than plot coherence necessarily. It's probably true. Um, which is fine by me. I'm watching this as a light entertainment show. It's not a Last of Us or Game or House of Dragon or you know something like that. It's 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 a fun thing and it makes me feel good and makes me feel upbeat about stuff and gives me some insights into the human condition. Um so I'm personally not requiring it to have tight plot coherence, right. you know. Right. I, I'm fine if it's just giving me vibes. That said, there were some wonky production issues in this episode. There were some weird s- screen shot. I don't know. There was just some weird stuff going on. And, okay. and it, it, just like I the didn't first even notice. Episode. So, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that pulls me out of uh, my verisimilitude. So um, that's my little that's my cross to, to carry. Um, that said, um, overall, well, well, what I think where we're at here is they brought us into this emotional, soft, spot it slowed it down a little bit got into some tricky things this is episode eight um what we've got four left and i think we're going to pick up a lot of velocity here towards the end run of the season and the series overall so i think this was a little slowdown before four episodes of bang of increasingly bang 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 right they're gonna run us uh, at a much higher pace i think for the rest of the show probably yeah yeah. yeah, I'm glad that we've, you know, it's funny because this is the comeback episode for Richmond mm-hmm. and yet it is the slowdown episode for everything else. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Right. It's sad for everybody, yeah. but they have a winning streak. It's uh, it's almost like what Roy says to Jamie earlier on, you know, it's not a good look to be sulking during a winning streak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, this is their trajectory as as uh, as a team in the Premier League is on the rise. But yeah, our focus is entirely on on the character moments in this. So yeah, it's an interesting right. uh, juxtaposition. Right. All right. Yeah. Well, before we get into the episode synopsis, uh, just a quick note. We're not going to get into a lot of it, but the uh, writers, um, the WGA union just went on strike a couple of days ago. And um, I guess our general position is, is that we support the writers. Um, yep. And I think we're... We can't comment on and do any podcasts on any shows that won't be there. Um, I think this uh, impact of this strike is not going to hit us for uh, a year or two, but we're going to, we're not going to highlight it on the show, but we're definitely going to uh, be in support of the the writers. So you might hear from us from time to time about it. Yeah. You know, they've been very transparent. You can see their demands and the response from the studios online. If mm-hmm. you look at Twitter. And uh, I haven't seen anything unreasonable asked for by the writers, and I hope that they can work something out soon because these people are the ones who tell our stories, and they're the reason that we have podcasting jobs. Yeah, and exactly, uh, we're very grateful for them, and I hope that the studios will treat them right. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the, I've been reading some of the stuff. It's, it's pretty wild. Uh, the disparities, the income disparities between yeah. the heads of the studios, yeah. you know, uh, half, you know, uh, the, the amounts that th- those people are making could actually pay for, you know, everything right. the writers are asking for. So anyway, um, that said, I did want to make a note really quick that uh, the full English breakfast did make an appearance on the show. And for those that are in the know for our Patreon exclusive podcast, Second Breakfast, we like to talk about breakfast foods and the culture of breakfast. And this week was, uh, or this upcoming podcast is going to be around sausages. And uh, we talked about eggs last time. And we have a lot of folks in the UK who listen to us. And so when the full English breakfast came out, I gave a little cheer and I was looking on the plate to see if there were any sausages there. I assume there were. You gotta have sausage. Sometimes yeah. you get blood sausage in there. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. But um, uh, so anyway, here's here here for the full English breakfast. All right, John, you want to read us into the episode synopsis? Sure. Richmond is on a winning streak with the success of Total Football. Ted's ex-wife, Michelle, and her new partner, Dr. Jacob, drop Henry off at Ted's place for the weekend while Jake surprises Michelle with a trip to Paris. Ted spends the episode freaking out over whether Michelle will get engaged. Rebecca agrees to hire a private investigator for Ted, but ultimately talks him out of it and gets him to make the most of his weekend with Henry, who has been stuck with Uncle Beard. After Keeley's intimate video is leaked online, her her relationship with Jack progressively deteriorates. She has an awkward exchange with a jealous Roy, a reassuring conversation with Rebecca, and a wholesome exchange with a guilty Jamie. The team uses this as a reason to delete all intimate photos from their phones, which leads to Isaac finding out about Cullen's sexuality. When Lasso and Sons attend West Ham's game, Nate reacts poorly. He tries to create his version of the Diamond Dogs, and his relationship with Jade goes official. A lot happened in this episode. It was. I was going for a Mumford and Sons vibe. If you didn't get that from my Lasso and Sons, you know, oh, right. the West Ham game, but <laughs> nice because they do the uh, or Marcus Mumford at least does the theme for the show. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, John, what was the episode in the? Or what was the moment in the episode that gave you the the biggest chuckle? It was probably Higgins running into the Diamond Dogs. You know, <laughs> right? You get the call. You get the Batman call. Uh, from from Beard and Higgins just goes, <laughs> he's got to get there, and right. he's so upset he's gonna he's going I'm gonna have leg cramps tonight, Ted, because you called a Diamond Dogs reason for the meeting for the wrong reason. Right. I, I do love the fact that Trent Crimp finally is able to join the Diamond Dogs. I think in yeah. a previous episode I was uh, calling for that. I really wanted it, so right. I was you did? I was yeah. very chuckled. Yeah. So uh, and of course um, Roy. Participating but not participating yes. in his office. <laughs> yes. It's always good value. Yes. So. All right. And and even when Ted is freaking out, he turns to Roy. Yes. And Roy gives him a little <laughs> nod. Right. So good. So good. Yeah. Well, my biggest uh laugh out loud moment was actually the counterpoint to this. And that's when Nate tries to do his little woo-woo, and mm-hmm. the two people that he's called into his office are just staring at him going, what the WTF is this? Well, the one guy wanted to be into it. I don't think he got it, but he wanted to be into it so badly. (laughs) The other guy was like, what the hell, man? What are you doing? I've been divorced three times. I don't don't know if you want my advice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So I thought that was really cute. And that gave me a little chuckle. Uh, It's just earnestness at trying to recreate this thing. And then when he realizes it's not going to work, 
He's like, nope, never speak of it again. It's done. It's over. Get out of the office. Go away. Right. Right. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's get into our top three moments. Uh, I have picked for my number one, Rebecca. Mm, I go on. Really, a person is not a moment, David. Let's talk about how you've been selecting. I'm for this smuggling show. in stuff all <laughs> over the place here. Okay, it's not a moment. It's an element, a theme, a plot point. There you uh, go. There you go. Maybe I, we just uh, need to rename the the yeah, category entirely. Exactly. Um, I think if we're going to boil it down to a moment, uh, it would be Rebecca with Keely. But mm-hmm. then there's also Rebecca with on the phone with Ted. Yeah. Uh, towards the end, the the strong emotional support energy that she was giving, she was really holding space for both Keely and Ted as those two were dealing with their stuff. She was a friend. She was understanding. She was emotionally uh, available, like really big shoulders to to you know lay your head on. But also like understanding what you're dealing with and and vibing with that, but then giving sage advice and just offering all this tons of unconditional love for two people that are really important to her. And so to see a badass boss lady be able to, you know, be that at the same time as being a friend and a really good friend and a knowing friend. I just really, really liked. And so I don't know if it's holdover coming out of Amsterdam and the sort of the healing that she had then. But what, I what's the like, word? What's the word? Oh, gazellig. Gazellig, yeah. <laughs> gazellig. She's, she's chock full of gazellig. She right is now. chock full of gazellig. And you know, um, the Irish have crake, and I think you had a Scottish one. Slangeva, uh, right? Yeah. And then there's uh, Hagi, uh, which is sort of uh, a Norwegian Finnish. There's Shalom in, in Shalom. Israel. You know, you got, yes, you got plenty. Fika, you got which is coffee culture, but it's the same sort of thing. So, yeah, vibes. And now we have vibes in America. We have Gen mm-hmm. Z vibes. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I just really dug Rebecca's position in all of this and how she was able to connect with her people and give them what they needed. Whether it was a shoulder, whether it was advice, like Ted, you really don't want to go down. The, who gives a rat's ass what Michelle's doing, right? That, right, right. That was just perfect advice because that's what I was thinking the whole episode. I was like, Ted, why? Like, right. let it go, dude. Let it go. So, okay. Anyway, so Rebecca one, was, was one defensive Ted with that. Yeah, and I I don't think that I don't think he should have been doing most of the things he did in that episode. Like, he it was gross to try to get a private investigator, and it was very insecure. Yeah, but. right. I did really appreciate how he insists on calling this guy Dr. Jacob because it keeps reinforcing how yeah. messed up this is. <laughs> right, right. And it's not about Michelle. It's to, it's about him, I think. You know, it's it's mm. like, dude, you were my doctor and you just got with my wife. So when they were sitting at the pub and the, they showed the scene of the three of them, I instantly thought of you and I go, oh, John just must be crawling in his skin, throwing rotten fruit at the screen, you know, seeing the, the, the doctor there. I might have to wash my you... hands like Dr. Jacob. <laughs> yeah, he's got some weird issues. He's not perfect by any means, as we see in this, yeah, in this episode. Yeah. So did you notice uh, one thing at the pub uh, when Ted is looking for change to give to his son? Mm-hmm. Did you see one of? The, did you see? He's the got an Ola's matchbook. Yeah, he's got an Ola's matchbook. Yeah, yeah. But so it's a callback to the yeah, to yeah. the psychic yeah. thing. So I hope they don't go there. I don't think I, they are. 
Yeah. I think this is going to be a platonic power relationship like uh, Jack Donaghy and Liz Lemon and 30 Rock. Which I'm all for. I think it's really great to to just keep it in the realm of the professional. And you don't need to go down romance in that. So That's right. That's right. My number, number one, one basically elides into okay. <laughs> into what we were just talking about because I was talking about Ted's anxiety and jealousy over Michelle. You know, yeah, Ted's a flawed character. You know, this is a show that you know started off really hammering the power of positivity and how much Ted is helping other people, mm-hmm. and yet in season two we saw Ted can't really take care of himself. He takes right. care of everybody else, but he can't really take care of himself. Right, and he's made so much growth. He's had so much growth since season two. And yet he can't handle the idea of his ex getting married to someone else. And maybe right. it's not someone else because I don't think he actually had an issue with her dating. I think the ick until, factor is the doctor, is the therapist. Right. Thing, right. Right. Yeah. And in fairness, I don't think there was ever a face to put to the idea of her dating before Dr. Jacob. Right. So maybe it is that he would have always been jealous, but I do think that the doctor thing really is like a knife to the heart for him is mm-hmm. I put my trust in you. I right. paid you to talk to me about my problems. And now you are with my ex-wife who was also your patient. It's just, yeah. it's, it's messed up on a lot of levels. I'm still yeah. creeped out by it. I, I still <laughs> think, I still think there is absolutely no way to ethically do what he's doing. Agreed. And uh, yeah, it's it's gross as we've I, gotten a couple of feedback emails about this. Yeah, regardless of what the actual laws are, just from a, uh, uh, a duty of care to your patients, this right. is way outside the boundaries. Right. You Power know? dynamics and all that yeah. jazz. It's it's not good. It's not yeah. good, folks. Uh, but it's it's nice to see this character Ted go through this sort of moral quandary mm-hmm. instead of just you know flying through his recovery of his panic attacks you know he's mm. he's really you know still struggling with the feelings that he's having he's struggling to express himself the right way we haven't seen him talk to dr sharon in a while no maybe, not since maybe the he's first neglecting his therapy mm. who yeah. knows but uh, also we got to give it to ted that he did not have a debilitating panic attack at all right during right. this episode when confronted with some stuff especially uh around another man being a father figure to his son and that insecurity that was being called up because of that. Um, so I was really happy to see, especially at the end when he watches them all drive off in a taxi, he seemed to be good and he seemed to be okay with Jake, you know, being around his son and not having a problem with it anymore. So I'm really glad to see him moving beyond there Mm -hmm. and, and getting and not letting it be something that, um, uh, cripples him. And, yeah. and makes him shy away from his own life. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, David, what do you think happened in Paris? I think he just took a bunch of selfies of himself and bumbled <laughs> around and washed his hands. And, and uh, I don't think that he, uh, I don't know that he's, I don't know if he, I don't think he asked. I don't think he, I don't think he asked her. I think he's too much of an idiot. I think he did. You think he did? All right. All right. I think okay. he asked and he got rejected. I've been following really? the I've been following the theories on our Discord and on Reddit. I think okay. he asked and I think he got rejected. And I think that that's why when they're getting into the cab, there's a little bit of a weird vibe I picked up on. Oh, you're right. A little bit of a weird vibe. And also, she does make a comment about him with the hand washing thing. You know, he's a hand washer. It's mm-hmm. she did seem a little bit exacerbated with him and exasperated rather uh, with right. him. And we know from her relationship with Ted, you know, 
some of her some of her problem solving is to cut ties, right? That, right. that is something mm-hmm. she does to solve a conflict in a relationship. And you know, I she was willing I, to end a marriage because she couldn't work out the interpersonal dynamic. Right. Why wouldn't right. she leave a relationship one with many many ethical issues? Because she's not really vibing with this guy and because he's moving too fast and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, she just got separated and, and legally divorced from Ted. The last thing she may want is to to jump back into another legal right. arrangement and all that. So maybe right. she demurred and they're still together, but she might have said, no, I could see that. But you're right. There was a scene uh, that during the scene of them getting into the cab, there was a little weird, awkward exchange and I didn't actually clock mm-hmm. that. I just yeah. when he was taking pictures of the selfie pictures, I was just like, oh, this guy's just a buffoon. He's just sort of yeah, a little bit self-absorbed and a little bit, you know, I think a lot. something. Yeah. To to be willing to date your patient, you have to be so self-absorbed. I mean, come on. Uh I just don't like the guy. You know, if yeah, if clearly. you know, if I could just lock uh if I could just set up a cage match between Nate and Dr. Jacob, that would <laughs> satisfy me. Just let them let them go at it on each other. Fair enough. Fair enough. What was your number two, though? Uh, my number two was Colin and Isaac. Um, that was a very fraught moment. I could feel Colin's anxiety and and worry. And I'm glad of anybody it was Isaac to have had that interaction with. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in the show, they left Isaac's reaction ambiguous enough that it intentionally puts us on eggs until the thing gets resolved right and it's the yeah. same thing yeah. they did with Trent they um they let us know that now that that person knows um but you know they didn't re- they don't resolve it in the moment and it's going to draw out for a couple of uh from episodes i got from Isaac's reaction he was like oh Okay, yeah, that all starts to make sense now. Like a whole bunch of dominoes are falling into place here. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. And then he's just, I, 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 I'm hoping that he was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Like, what do I care? You know, who you want to kiss is who you want to kiss. And I'm, I'm, that's what I'm hoping for for Isaac. Cause I we think can hope. Isaac is a big hearted person, what we've seen in the show so far. And I really want this to work out for Colin. I think it's been an interesting subplot the entire series it started out it was episode one where we saw him with his boyfriend at the time when he yeah, crashes season, his car I so. but I, but like i said they've hinted at it before right i mean the, sure, the grinder yeah. comment in an earlier season they've they've yeah. been hinting at it since i think even season one right the thing that i think may be going through isaac's head is you know we are doing this total football thing we're supposed to trust each other right and it's not even that this is a concealment thing what did Colin do right before this is he said, well, I know what I'm looking at this weekend. You know, he right. tries to say, like, <laughs> I'm looking at all the boobs this weekend. Yeah, and, right. and uh, you know, even even pretending to do something gross, like look at non-consensual pornography mm-hmm. to prove that he's one of the guys and not not gay. And and I think that would be what hurt Isaac, if anything, is the lack of trust. Right, is the concealment. Yeah, I, yeah. I, and, I and I think that's maybe where... When you, I'm reading a lot into a moment here. Absolutely, um, but his reaction was—he didn't pick it up. He didn't say anything else. He kind of thinks about it for a second. You can kind of 
intuit that things are clicking in his head mm-hmm. and then he kind of stomps off and it's like well it's isaac he's gruff anyway so he's gonna stomp off kind of no matter what but maybe he was feeling a little bit hurt that colin has kept this a secret for so long uh so that could be at play as well i think it's gonna work out i i'm really trusting that it will and it's gonna there's gonna be some kerfuffle or some thing that has to happen. There's got to be some drama here, but I, I'm i really looking forward to seeing how they work it out. Right. I, I have a feeling of where they're going to work it out too, but I'm excited to see the, the process to get there. All right. What's your uh, number two? My number two was sort of the rea- the range of reactions over the data leak. Okay. I, I put some adjectives next to each person's reaction mm-hmm. you know for jack right. i had shame-based victim blaming you know that was that was her right. reaction rebecca empowering reassuring validating mm-hmm. roy was possessive and jealous mm. jamie was comforting apologetic and sincere and the team mm-hmm. was sort of a mix of everything right i right. mean there were there were some oh you shouldn't have taken it in the first place oh it's not their fault you know it's it's a criminal yeah they this. really they have the the conversation that right. if, if we got to, if, if a whole bunch of our, if we got on the Do- Lorehounds Discord with a bunch of folks, that's, these are the kinds of reactions people right. would have very right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was just a great way to show the, the ways that we talk about this, like you said, mm-hmm. and the ways that different people will have different reactions to this. Mm-hmm. And I think Jack is in the very old school way mm-hmm. of thinking about it of, oh, it's, it's, my fault that i even had this it's 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 shaming i mean i think they said i think keely said can you restructure society so that women aren't you know (laughs) overly sexualized and then shamed for being sexual and that's basically what jack is doing right she she wants to enjoy keely sexually Mm. in private and then she wants to have her be ashamed public of ever having been sexual in private i think that for me the thing that really put their relationship on edge was the way that Jack introduced her at the mini golf mm-hmm. to, you know, this is my friend Keely. And I think that really hurt Keely and gave Keely a, a even deeper insight into Jack's character. Uh, yeah. There. And I think that's what probably hurt more than trying to get her to push out some mealy mouth lawyer statement about it. And I agree ultimately that, you know, Keely made something for somebody that was private and sexual, and she shouldn't be ashamed of. It. Right there, there's no reason for her to be ashamed of it, and and it's no, and there's no reason for her to apologize that somebody stole it either. So right. I don't, you know, I I I didn't understand Jack's position at all, other than from a corporate standpoint. Oh, we, you know, we need to sort of, you know, cover bases here. But even then it was so, it was such a bad statement. <laughs> I, 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 uh, help, you know, I'm, I'm give me this time to learn and grow from it. And it's just like, oh boy, this is like, we've <laughs> yeah. heard all these fake yeah. apologies, you know, and, and enough of that. So anyway, you're going to, well, say. I, I think, I think it is representative of what you saw, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, you, you saw, I think Sex about 10 stuff. years ago, there were a bunch mm-hmm. of celebrity, you know, nude scandals that came out. And you saw a lot of these female celebrities pushed into this corner where they go, you know, I'm sorry to have let everybody down or something like that. Right. The same, the same thing that Keely was trying 
they were trying to push her into. And we've been through several social movements since then. And right. Jack didn't get the memo, unfortunately, you know, and, and Jack's lawyers or dad didn't get the memo. I do think that this is probably the end of her funding from Jack. I think that. Yeah. Remember, Jack said last episode, I get jealous. Right. Yep. Now she knows that there's uh, a bunch of Keeley videos having been sent to other people. Well, and, and she's got, uh, e- even though for as rich as she is and as powerful as she is, she's being very thin-skinned about this as well. I mean, she's very being very protected of, of brand, I guess. And, yeah, of, yeah. Um, and it also puts Jack into a light, too, because if people see Jack and Keeley together, I was surprised that they were, you know, that the woman, the old friend of Jack's didn't recognize Keeley at the putting, right. at the putt-putt golf. So, right. yeah. So I could, I mean, I. I I understand Jack's reaction and and maneuvering. I don't agree with it at all, but I I can see where that character is coming from and how they're operating. So it's the very old school thing, and I and honestly, yeah. modern day the the right PR move is to say I'm horrified that people have uh, seen my private have, have stuff, taken yeah. my private moments from me. Mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed of of having intimate moments with people. I'm I'm an adult consenting human yeah and exactly. uh you know i i hope that people will respect me enough not to look at them which makes it also seem weird because jack was very much she walked out into the office and said hey keely and i are in a relationship right just went, went to let you guys all know so i i didn't understand her reaction to the video other than maybe a jealous lover thing but even from a corporate pr standpoint it still didn't didn't make I don't sense know. To me. I, I think I think she's just operating with older rules. You know, yeah, I think that she yeah. just didn't get the memo of no, we're we're done with victim blaming as <laughs> as a macro culture at least. Right. And uh yeah. Anyway, what's what's your number three? Uh my number three was uh Nate and Jade. Um I was really surprised that they took us to that point and to actually have them waking up in bed. I thought it was very funny that he had jumped up and showered and shaved and everything before going back (laughs) to bed. Um, As a person who's been on that emotional precipice of the insecurity and worry and stress of what are we? Are we in a relationship? What are our, our titles? How do we refer to each other? And having it gone both ways having it been, oh yeah, of course we're a boyfriend and girlfriend, or having it go, no, like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. When I was like, but the, everything, you know, like just being yes, confused yes. about that whole thing. So I really, because really people felt get weird it. about titles and yeah. But then other people thing. are like, what are you, what are you talking about? There's nothing weird here. And we, right. you're, you know, we're, we're boyfriend, girlfriend. What are you talking about? And so that whole confusion, I really felt for him, and I, re- I, I, she's really in love with him. I think, and I'm really happy to see Nate. And I know you don't agree, but another think- episode has gone by, David, where <laughs> Nate has failed to ask Jade a single question about herself. Oh, come on, that's the writers. That's that's the writing. Okay, but what are the writers telling us? They're they're telling us that Jade is not a character that we're going to go in deep on, and that Nate. Is the person mm. that we're paying attention to from all the way from episode one, season one? I haven't even seen her him ask her like, "How are you?" Really? I think you're you can't you can't do you can't. No, do I am. I am going to. No, this is my podcast too, and I'm going to have as many <laughs> right, bad takes. You can. Takes as I, want. I don't agree with it. I, yeah, you can have that bad take. That one's all yours. All um, right. 
and I do think that, and I do agree that it it was disappointing that Nate couldn't express himself honestly to Rupert, which is in contrast to his relationship with Jade, who's a, being a very positive influence in his life. And she gets him to smile when he's looking at the you know the webpage at the end of the episode. But I also get that he's afraid of Rupert and so gave the answer that he thought Rupert would want him to say, you know, or what Ru- he told mm-hmm. Rupert what he would want to hear. And at yeah, the same time, I almost thought that that answer made him look weak because if Nate mm-hmm. had turned around and said, doesn't bother me, he's free to go where he wants. Yes. That shows a stronger. confident person. You know, yeah, I know I I'm going to play a great game. He can be in, he can be in the stadium. Who cares? As long as he's paying for a ticket. Exactly. Uh, and I don't know what Rupert's worried about, you know, him. Yeah. Trying, it, it, it's a public. Well, venue. I think Rupert knows he has a petulant man child. And yes. if he doesn't shield him from every, every microaggression that he possibly has to face in life, then right. the guy's going to freak out. Right. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Number three, over to you. Uncle Beard. Uncle That's Beard. what I'm calling this section. <laughs> Uncle Beard. The Hey Jude breakdown, especially. You know mm-hmm. how expensive it is to license the Beatles? A lot. And they <laughs> it's it. a lot, a lot. I, I look. I don't know the validity of this, but when I when I was in music school back in the day, they used to tell us that for forever. So I don't know if it's still this way, but you know, ten years ago, it has been. You can't license one Beatles song. You have to license the Beatles catalog, really, or nothing. Wow, that's I think crazy. it's like minimum a million dollars. You license the Beatles catalog or nothing, and that's whether right. you want to have a cover of it, whether you want to have the actual recording, anything. Okay. And uh, yeah, so so they definitely blew some big money on this song. And I'm glad they did because that's a real story. I was familiar with the story. Were you? No, I actually have never. I mean, I know the Beatles well enough. I'm not a deep uh, lore, Beatles lore person, mm-hmm. but um, that is actually one little thing I didn't realize. And when Coach Beard was explaining it, I was I was like, of course, this is Uncle Beard talking to me. Anything right. he's saying is true and accurate, and I it's, believe it's everything It's true, though. He's it's true. I, it's, I, that's uh, what I'm saying. I yeah. Totally, yeah. So John Lennon's son, Jules, was depressed because his parents were getting a divorce because John uh-huh. Lennon, you know, had a wife before Yoko. Right. Yeah. And Paul McCartney, who's, you know, he's basically his uncle. You know, he's he has been in a band with his dad since before he was born. And uh, he wrote a song, Hey Jules, eventually mm-hmm. changes it to Hey Jude to make it sound a little better. But yeah, he wrote that song for Jules, and I think it's lovely the way that Beard introduces that story to Henry to allow yeah. him to sort of put himself into that position. Right. And he even makes it explicit, right? You know what I'm saying? You're in a sad song. You can make it mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the question, why do you like the Beatles? Because my dad does, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's very, it was very wholesome. It was very wholesome. Right. Meanwhile, his dad is off trying to plan clandestine operations <laughs> like he's in the white house plumbers. black bag exactly yeah. yeah and i love that he went to rebecca knowing that rebecca would know how to get a hold of a private oh of course she would of course she would <laughs> you go to great. somebody with money if you want a private investigator right well and then what she's gone through with rupert and right all right. this stuff she she knows people right you know you want a toe i can get you a toe uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's a, a big lebowski reference um okay. but uh anyway th- i i I really appreciated Rebecca's uh, point of view in that moment too. Just like Ted, let it go, man. It's not important. You really don't want to go down this road. It's yeah, bad. Yeah, it's bad juju. So and and yeah, agreed that the 
you know, there's very little that we're in control of in this life, but how we react to things that come that we're part of in the circumstance of our, our life, that's one of the things that we can have a lot more uh, authorial control over. And I think it was a great lesson that Uncle Beard gave to, to Ted's son in that moment is, is that you can, you have the power to turn that around. Yeah. David, have you so, ever seen a group of people like that overjoyed to see a street performer? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Usually people are like, oh, a street performer. Right. And I know because I've been a street performer. Right. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you don't so, get that kind of reaction. Nobody's like, oh, you're playing the Beatles? Thank God you're here and I'm going to sing along with you. And, and everybody's this little happy. village that they're a part of here with the park and the little streets and the, what, the previous episode where they started every morning and the shopkeepers opening up their shops. It's a very idealistic little place. Yes, it is. Uh, yes, it so, is. So, you know, this is a, a bit of a Mayberry scene oh, situation. My God. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, Just made me laugh. Right. Uh, should we get into some feedback? Let's do it. Okay. First up is a new Patreon subscriber, Newly Human. Uh, and they wrote in on the Discord and uh, said, after listening to the episode seven pod, I had thoughts. Most of them escaped overnight, but Nate remained. I fully believe in Nate's redemption. Ha ha. Got a, a supporter. Ooh. All right. <laughs> this is the guy who spent so long in a state where there were two reactions to him from other people. He was either ignored or ridiculed, and he would therefore lash out whenever anyone didn't ignore him. Ted. <laughs> as it was obvious ridicule. Supported his, by a very positive person. His, let me finish reading. <laughs> his attempts at overcoming his flaws and insecurities have not been the healthiest so far, but we're seeing signs that he's growing as a person. As the self-confidence rises at work as well with Jade, his behavior and whole demeanor has improved, resulting in people not belittling him anymore, and maybe we have a snowball effect. I suspect that he will also somehow come across Ted's Lego Stadium and seeing himself there as Ted's friend will realize that Ted was being sincere sincere in the friendship. The bumbling but honest attempt at apologizing to Ted in the lift also speaks volume. I absolutely agree. He goes on, I suspect, predict that we will see two things with Nate. Number one, he will either leave or be booted out of West Ham. And when Ted inevitably leaves, is this not marked as the last season? He will take his place in Richmond. Though I hope we first see him uh, be nicer to some of the players, too. All part of the growth. And number two, he will finally stop trying to retroactively correct past bloopers and his embarrassment with the whole Wonderkind thing and start to embrace his Wonder Kid nickname. John. Well, it's hard to be the Wonder Kid when you got a head full of gray hair. Um, (laughs) I, I don't know how Nate ever goes back to Richmond after what he did and after what the team knows, because mm-hmm. this team is now built on trust. It's built on total football. It's built on supporting each other and being there for each other and understanding each other. And Nate has done the opposite. And Nate has pissed everybody off to the point where they cannot trust him. You know, they're mm-hmm. not going to trust him after that. I don't think I don't mm-hmm. I don't think that there is redemption for Nate at Richmond, at least. Okay. I think, you know, there's always room for personal growth. And I think that he's shown a tiny amount of personal growth this season. Uh, this is, again, this person wrote in Newly Human after the episode seven pod. We've now seen episode eight where he has the opportunity to be the bigger man with Ted, fails to do it again, uh, and is still obsessing over Ted. You know, he's Googling images of it. I, I honestly expected 
Jade to ask about Ted and mm-hmm. for the the beans to be spilled on what he did to Ted. Uh, it I didn't happen, that, but I hope that I'm, it will. I, I think that Googling, because when he turns around and sees them, he's happy and delighted at first, but then he has to put on his, you know, er, gruff, you know, thing. And I think, and then when he texts Rupert, he says, oh, it's okay. I, I thought it was funny. Um, and then that's what he deletes. And then he's looking at it. I think he's trying to process his emotions to understand how he okay. feels uh, about Ned. And they gave us, um, as Newly but Human Ned, says- That's their celebrity couple name. Oh, no, <laughs> it is. Very good. Um, and then when they're in the elevator and he tries to apologize. So I think we're seeing all those things. And, and I know some other people out on the internet are saying, well, you know, it's, it's very fast. They're papering over a lot of stuff. We're not seeing certain triggers, you know, certain work that Nate should be going through to, uh, to get here. Um, but that's where I go back to. I think they're giving us vibes as opposed to, you know, uh, proper plot structure across an entire season. So, all right, next up, Amanda from Sydney wrote into the Lorehounds at thelorehounds.com with an interesting prediction. Hi, I've been enjoying all the discussion and speculation about season three of Ted Lasso on your podcast. Seems that season three will be the last, so I expect to see Ted back to head to the U.S. with his son. Okay, similar to what Newly Human was saying. So then who coaches the team? I can't see Coach Beard or nor Roy as head coach. So is there anyone else who could take over from Ted and his head coach material? Question mark, question mark. Nate, she decries. For this to happen, though, I feel Nate needs to complete his redemption arc. Him not spitting into the mirror was a big step forward, and I think Jade will somehow help him become a better person. Hear, hear, and mention the relationships uh, um, with Richmond. So I expect to see this start over the next few episodes. Of course, I could be way off the mark, but that's my tip. Nate becomes head coach of Richmond at the end of the season. Keep up the great work, Amanda from Sydney. Thank you, Amanda from Sydney. Say hi to Sydney for me. Great town. John, another another theory, another fan theory for Nate being at Richmond. I am fine betting on the underdog of him okay. not being redeemed because at the end of the day, guys, <laughs> my odds are just going up. You know, I'm yeah, I'm your just winnings would be huge. <laughs> if if Nate ends the season not redeemed, I'm I'm gonna say he's certainly not gonna coach Richmond. If he coaches mm-hmm. Richmond, something has gone terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. But uh I, I, I don't think he's gonna be fully redeemed. At least, you know, we got four episodes left after this. Yep, not much I left. Don't, I don't think that there's room for him to really grow past what he did i mean he he's all he's done is bumble through a couple half-hearted attempts they're at west ham at the top oh okay you're talking of, about not not, not his coaching right of yeah, apologies. apologies no i know i know he's a good coach right but uh or at least he gets results i don't know if, if we'd call him a good coach as far as like team building mm. uh but my point is i i just don't think that they've done the work to show me that Nate I agree. Yeah, I think right I think from a season standpoint, they haven't done enough work with Nate to do that. But again, you know, vibes versus plot. So mm, you need to get that vibe right. You need to get that vibe right because <laughs> yes, we were all true. very angry at the end of season two. You're very you can't you can't give us that much vitriol towards a person and not address it. And then they open the season with Rupert, sort of with his Palpatine Empire, you yeah. know, Death Star office. 
Yeah. And the whole thing, and we were really thinking that there was this uh, evil emperor who is grooming his head coach to be this, you know, uh, instrument of evil and destruction. And meanwhile, it's like, no, uh, Nate's a nice guy. And he tries to say hi in the elevator and he tries to have a girlfriend and sort of live a normal life uh, without any dealing with any of the, the, the intricacies of where he actually ended up. So I agree on that but, point. But Nate is desiring to mold into whatever the person he's with is expecting. Nate is a people pleaser. He just wants to gain the approval of whoever he's standing next to. The minute he sees Rupert as the more important person in the elevator, he does what Rupert would want him to do and ignore Ted. Uh, you know, the minute he's with Jade, he acts how he thinks Jade would want her him to act. He, you know, goes and brushes his teeth. When he's with his parents, he decides to copy his dad's map technique and make his serial killer box. You know, he he will always do what he thinks will get the approval of somebody else, and he's failed to be genuinely himself at basically any point. The the most genuine he's ever been is defending the restaurant. And that's mm -hmm. when he was rewarded for that, and that's great. But I, I don't think we've seen that since, you know, since then, it's just been, how do I get what I want, which is approval from the people around me? Mm -hmm. All right. I just hate the guy. Let's be honest. And, <laughs> and the actor is doing a great job. <laughs> right. Of, I just want to say Nick is his first name. I don't remember his last name, but right. he's doing a great job making me hate this character. I mean, right. excellent job. Uh, but the the character, I'm just so over him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we've got two in the bag for uh, head coach at Richmond when the season's all up. We'll we'll see where we'll see where the little spinny wheel ball bouncy roulette thing yeah. Up, uh, yeah. lands at the end. Um, all right. Our man Greg Saw and Patreon subscriber emailed to lorehounds at lorehounds.com. Uh, just a quick thank you to Greg Saw for all he does for the community. He was our friend way back in the past when we were uh, at Bald Move, and he's joined us over here as well. And so just a hey, thanks, buddy, uh, and for all that you do. All right. Um, how do you all feel about the Jamie Redemption arc last year? I thought it happened kind of quick. He offered to tape over the Dubai Air logo one episode, and then everything seemed to be forgotten, except between him and Roy after that. It wasn't until later on in the season that I really thought he had changed. Nate doesn't even have a moment like that for redemption. Ah, here we go. So we're into this, this whole thing about Nate's arc. He doesn't spit on himself once, and that's supposed to be his moment? Not enough for me. Mm. Agreed. Also, Agreed. regarding Jade not asking him to not return. She's not in a position to do that. She knows Nate is a VIP customer and that her manager loves him and loves that he comes to his restaurant. I don't think she would have told him to go even without that, but I don't think her not asking, I don't think her not asking is sufficient evidence sure. that he wasn't being creepy. Anyway. Yeah, I, I want to make clear. I think yeah. I, I gave a weird impression of what I was saying on the last episode with that. Uh, I what I meant was prior to their dinner, prior to her finally opening up to him a little bit. Right. I think it was creepy that he kept coming in and trying to woo her. Okay. But after that, when he's saying hi every day and she seems to be reciprocating, okay, fine. Whatever. Right. Okay. Got it. All right. Uh anyway, I do trust these writers for the most part. See my recent concerns in the Discord about the boss employee relationships. And I look forward to seeing how everything turns out. Thanks for the pods, Greg Saw. All right. Sounds like we have another uh, comment about the development of Nate. So I, I think that's valid. I, I think the the writers are putting a lot into this episode. This season, I'm mean, not this episode, this whole season, 
this whole season has gone places that I never would have thought they would have gone. Yeah. And they've opened up a whole bunch of different story branches and little mini arcs. Um, so I'm surprised that they they have done some of the things and then not done other things, like give us more time with Nate and Rupert uh, specifically. Yeah. So Yeah. All right. Uh, shall we finish things up and give our shout outs to our Patreons? John, let's do it. Say thank you to our lore masters. Oh, am I doing it? Yes. Oh, man. I meant to mark and I did it on this one. Hold on. Now I got to <clears> mark <throat> again. Yes, we have a Patreon and it is popping off, as the kids say. Uh, we have 78 patrons as of tonight, as we were recording our first spot of the night, White House Plumber, somebody else subscribed. And uh, our top tier is the Lore Masters. They pay 10 bucks a month. We love them for it. They keep our uh, our operation moving. And we'd like to give them a nice little thank you at the end of every podcast. So here's our list of Lore Masters. Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H., Michael G., Michelle E., David W., Brian P., Nick W., SC., Peter O.H., Bettina W., Adam S., Nancy M., Lavinia T., Duve 71, Brian 8063, Frederick H., Sarah L., Garrett C., Eric F., Matthew M., Sarah M., and DJ Miwa. Woo! List is getting yes. long, David. It is. And we are grateful for them. And we're trying to make it even longer because um, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary of podcasting, July 11th. And uh, we would love to kind of break the glass ceiling, as it were. I don't know if that's the right metaphor. We want to hit a new milestone of Patreon subscribers. I sound like an NPR pledge drive person. I'm going to like just get away from <laughs> we'll that. We'll give you a copy of Pink Floyd's Pulse if you right. sign up. To- <laughs> we'll give you this cool tote bag yeah. with our call sign on it. Yeah. Uh, we do want to give you something, though. We do want to give anyone who does subscribe and is subscribed by the end of July. It's not a tote a bag. Gift. Let's be honest. It's not a tote bag. Else. Um, we're designing it now. And once I've got the design finalized, I will then start to share it with everyone. But yeah, we want to, um, be able to grow so that we can actually afford some of the tools that we need and to, you know, uh, be able to put out more podcasts. There are a lot of material costs involved. So, uh, we thank you all for your subscriptions and it'd be great if you could help us hit that 100 subscriber mark by the end of July. Uh, one other big note, not a Patreon thing, but a more just a fun thing. We're just trying out something new. A live watch. We're going to live watch Star Wars, the original 77 uh, version on this Saturday, uh, May 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern time on our Discord. We're going to stream. I've been testing all week trying to get the streaming stuff to work. I got it going. And we're going to stream that movie as part of the May 4th sort of mm, Star Wars Day, Star Wars Month celebration. So just something fun we want to do, drop in. Um, We'll just be chatting by text in the Discord, uh, and it should be a fun little activity, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm uh, Maybe we'll record it. Who knows? Mm, It'll be interesting. Record our own chatter, I mean. Right, yes. Yeah, because I think we'll we'll talk a little bit before and after about Star Wars in general and about our plans for our our film fest to watch all nine films and podcast about it. Right. But no guarantees on the recording. So definitely show up if you want to hear that chat. That's right. Yeah. And hope, you know, and if it works out, well, it, it might be something we do more in the future. Uh, if, if it seems like it's a fun thing to do. Speaking of future fun things to do, we have a busy May schedule and John, you have some notes about what we are up to. 
I do. This was a short form podcast. We keep saying short form, and then I know it's an I, hour. I think it was Greg <laughs> saw made the joke of I think he did short form podcast. It's an hour twenty minutes last episode. We didn't do that this episode. We're we're at uh, fifty one minutes this episode. Now that I'm looking at the timer, and uh, we're we're so that's happy you're here. That, that's, <laughs> that's pretty short, short for Lorehounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other short form quote unquote podcast. Barry and White House Plumbers. We're doing. They're all ending the same week. You know, it's it's as you pointed out, David. Where this is our marathon of short form podcasts. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting new version, and yeah, we don't have a big tent pole show to cover and deep dive right. into. So we're trying out some different formats uh, and covering some stuff that hopefully people are enjoying watching. Yeah. None of these are the, you know, big A-lists, but they're all really good B B-level shows, so. And you know what, we're always open to impact input. So, uh if you have if you have any opinions on how we're doing the short form stuff, if you want to see different yeah, things or, or you're liking it, uh let us know. Let us know in absolutely. the feedback or let us know in the Discord. Yeah, drop an email. Uh, one other note, we just did a podcast. You did a podcast, David, with John mm-hmm. and Alicia on mm-hmm. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy prep. You guys gave some background lore for that movie that's just coming out, I think, tomorrow from yes. the day we're recording this. It should be out uh, by I the think time the, this comes out. The premieres are probably Thursday, and I think Friday is the general release. I th- right, think that's right. usually how it works. So Okay. I'm seeing well, it anyway. Sunday. That's for sure. Right. Anyway, so this will be out by the time that you hear this podcast. So uh, after... That movie, I'm going to hop in with you guys. I'm going to hop in with the MC Universe crew, and we're all going to review as the Avengers, as you say, Avengers Assemble, Lorehounds Mm -hmm. Assemble. We're all going to review this new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So I'm really excited for that. It should be fun. And um, yeah, we've got a bunch more uh, stuff happening in the rest of the month. We've got Second Breakfast as our Patreon exclusive. We've got uh, Tombs of Atuan, the next book of Ursi. We've got Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, There's even a surprise I, podcast dropping at some point. What? Don't say. It's crazy. Really? Oh, it's man. Crazy. And you've got Jedi Fallen Order. We've got Lore of the Rings. You um, could list it all day. But boy, we've got if you want the list in text form, head to our Discord server. Yes. You can head to the Community Updates tab, and you'll see the full list of our monthly offerings there. David, it's been a pleasure talking about Ted Lasso with you. Uh, Thank you so much for helping me through the Premier League, and we will see you next week. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies, Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the fourth be with you all, all month and beyond.